My name is Steve Mahone, and in early 2020, I weighed 400 pounds. Feeling stuck, helpless, and outright depressed, I decided it was time to make a change. This is my journey to get healthy and reclaim my life. This is the before picture. Welcome. This is the before picture. My name is Steve Mahone. I'm sitting here with Amanda Noel. She is a mental health advocate and all around fantastic person. And I am extremely fortunate to talk to her today. So Amanda, welcome. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for having me. This is really cool. I've never done this before. Oh, well, uh, you know what? Here we are. It's 2021. Fresh start. Let's get it done. (laughs) Yes. So I, um, you know, if you've listened to the show, you know, it's all about kind of uh, transformation or maybe not even transformation, but more of like acceptance of who you are and um, seeing where you may be able to uh, improve yourself if you need to or accept for yourself for who, for how you currently are. Um, I know that, so I've been following you for a while on Instagram and I really like everything that you post because it's very inspirational. It's kind of, it's not inspirational, it's aspirational. It's, it's everything under the sun. And um, what I really like is that you're a giant advocate of mental health. So I'm just kind of wondering in um, the realm of everybody wants to, get fit and get healthy and look good and all that sort of stuff. Um, feel better about yourself. Why, why has mental health been so important to you? So when I was 18, I was diagnosed with um, generalized anxiety disorder. Um, and then when I was 22, I was diagnosed with severe depressive disorder and mental health. I never really had anything. I didn't know anything about mental health when I was growing up. It wasn't like something that we talked about, nothing. I mean, it ran in my family, but it wasn't something that anybody talked about ever. I didn't hear it in school. And if, you know, in high school, if somebody was being made fun of, it was probably because they were going through something. Um, you know, you hear of self-harm and all this, all these different, you know, suicidal tendencies and these things in high school, but nobody gets it and nobody talks about it. So, you know, when I started going through my own stuff, I figured, you know, this is the time to, to talk about it. I like to talk. I like talk a lot. <laughs> well, it, you found the uh, proper format for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I figured, you know, um, I was in the hospital and I just remember thinking I never, ever, ever want anybody to go through what I'm going through. And, and I'm one person. I can't cure depression and I can't cure anxiety, but I can talk about it. So I just decided, you know, I'm going to use my voice. And if I get through to one person, then that's a, a good day. Mm-hmm. You were in the hospital? Yeah. So, um, I attempted suicide in 2016. We skipped some steps here. Yeah. Sorry. I just like jumped (laughs) right in there. (laughs) Um, and then I was in the hospital for a week. So, um, how old were you? Uh, I was just 22. Okay. Yeah. So I'm 27 now. So we're coming up on my five year anniversary. Oh, well, um, happy, happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm very happy, very happy to be here. Yeah. So, so what is, um, what, I guess, what do you live for? Like, what, what are the main, what are your main drivers right now uh, of from, uh, so, so I, I, I've also had, you know, bouts with depression and, you know, all that, that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But, um, you know, in my experience, you always have to find what you want to live for. And you always yeah. have to find this, the thing that you're excited for. And I definitely know how it feels to feel like there's nothing. And then you have to find you sometimes you have to like fight and claw and struggle up, up a mountain mm-hmm. to, to find that one little thing that you hold on to. So um, could you describe that process for me of like being kind of low or not kind yeah. of low, but very low and yeah. um, um, working your way back up? Yeah. So I always say that I never knew how bad rock bottom was until I physically hit it, physically and mentally hit rock bottom and ended up in the hospital. Um, and I just remember seeing the look on my parents face because they knew that I was struggling with something but they didn't know that it was this bad and no parent should ever have to bury their child and just seeing the pain that my parents went through and my older sister she's 29 she has down syndrome and her family me my mom my brother are everything to her And I would never want to cause her the kind of pain that she went through that week when I was away in the hospital. Um, My family is unbelievably amazing. And um, I mean, now they, they are so supportive and, you know, I'm having a bad day or an anxiety episode and I just call my mom and she, she tells me, (laughs) you know, a story about her day and completely distracts me from my own anxiety. 
and they are the biggest reason that I am here. Um, and I, I live like every day for my sister. She is my number one through thick and thin, my girl. So, um, I would never, ever, ever want to leave her ever. <laughs> She's not allowed to leave me either. Yeah. I, I definitely know what you're talking about. Um, I have bad days as well. And I have, especially this year with uh, the pandemic and everything, mm-hmm. I have taken to calling my mom or just texting her and say, Hey mom, I'm having a bad day and I need encouragement. Yeah. So yeah, she'll 100%. say, Oh, Steve, you're so great. And uh, yeah. she'll send me, <laughs> actually what we do is now just send, um, uh, baby Yoda meme back and forth. I love that. Oh Grogu. my gosh. <laughs> yes. baby Grogu. Um, yeah, I, I can actually, it's, it's on my camera here. Um, yeah, nobody at home can see this, but here's some of the things that my mom has gotten me. So there are two, oh uh, the Mandalorian gosh. figurine, the, the child figurine, and those two cards that you see on the wall. Uh, she yeah. made those. Like she's a really Stop. big crafting person and, um, her happy place is in, um, her and my father's basement where she has this whole crafting setup. I mean, it is elaborate. Oh. She has these fancy stamps you can only get in Europe and she makes these personalized cards and she sends them out and they're fantastic. They're, you know, gifts in and That's among amazing. themselves. It's like, yeah. you know, sometimes you get a present and there's a card attached to it and you kind of like, okay, there's a card. The, the cards <laughs> are the gifts here. I mean, these things right. are awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes you just need someone else who is in a dip. Like I don't live with my mom. My mom lives about half an hour away and she will, I'll just say, hi mom, not good. Tell me about your day. And she completely distracts me from my own anxiety. By the time we hang up, I'm back to, you know, going through my day. So very blessed to have good moms in our lives. Mm-hmm. Is it just general things about the day or is it like, are, are there any topics that kind of come up again and again? I'll, I'll mom, tell you why I ask. Is yeah, because mom, I'm on a, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to tell you why I ask because I have a family group text. It's me, mm-hmm. my brother, my mom, my dad, and my mom sends us, de- she goes for walks, right? As exercise, she goes for walks daily. And first off, I'm in Virginia and it is cold. So she's <laughs> always like in a hat. And there are a couple of funny stories about this because it's like an owl hat. And one time a de- we're, we're, we live in the woods or in the country kind of where cows are our neighbors. And a deer <laughs> got very aggressive with her because she, there are huge eyes on the top of her hat and they were threatening the deer. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. But either way, she sends us daily updates of her walk. And, you know, she talks to little bunnies that kind of hop by and uh, she sends us pictures of the, the family of geese that lives by us. But so that's like that's so one cool. of the happy things. And it's kind of like a recurring segment that they have. Like, what do, what do you have? Yeah. So my mom's a nurse. Um, oh. So, and she is a home care nurse. So she has like the same patients almost every day. And then she, you know, moves on to new patients, but um, she likes to tell me stories as, as much as she's allowed um, about them. Cause they always ask about her kids and they always ask about how she's doing. They bring her presents. Like it's just so sweet. So she'll always tell me a funny story about, you know, her work day or uh, my sister's been home because of the pandemic. So she just um, tells me a story about what Jessica did. And then we just cry laughing because Jessica's so funny. Um, <laughs> so that's usually what it is, her work day or my sister. <laughs> any, any funny stories come to mind? There are so many funny stories. We're working on weight loss with my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, she, she, Down syndrome, your stature is a little bit shorter. So you hold on to a little bit more weight. She's, she's, adorable but it's one thing we're working on um and she thought that eating a slice of pizza with a big glob of ranch was like a really good idea um so she's like you know bragging so excited about her ranch and her pizza and my mom was just like (laughs) what like first of all you used half my bottle of ranch we need that ranch and that is not healthy jessica like what are you doing so we were cracking up about that she my mom said you'll find this story funny but i did not find this story funny <laughs> jessica lives in her own little bubble so she and she's a tiktok star so is she really? laughing. yeah she's so funny so <laughs> you she say she came life. home where does she live usually um well so she she does she's lived at home her entire life um she just usually works so her her little uh working building has been closed so okay great she's been at home yeah i guess circling back to um the general anxiety and everything uh, how has this affected you ever since i guess like late late last february or late, yeah. late early march like i know you have a, a, a job like what do you what do you do and how has it affected uh your day-to-day yeah so i'm um I work at a law firm and we just all moved home. So I just work from this little area in my room and, and, um, 
work from home for like since I guess March and um so I, I start my day with the gym and then I come back home <laughs> and I don't really get ready or do anything I'm in sweatpants and looking lazy so <laughs> do you um do you go to a gym or you yeah so home workouts we're very lucky that um our apartment has an amazing gym so sometimes I go there and um, they have a Peloton, which is amazing. And then some, I sometimes I go to Planet Fitness too in the mornings usually. So um, nice. that's kind of my routine now. Yeah. Yeah. I've recently started going back into the gym mm -hmm. um, after just so long of being out of the gym. I it used yeah. to be in very good shape. Then I got hurt and then it's been 10 years. And so, you know, there's, there's a very, pretty big time gap. So getting back into the gym is always really tough. Yeah. But I, I've always had to have an actual gym that I go to because I'd mm -hmm. like to do stuff that they don't really offer in the, the apartment gyms. They also right. don't have a Peloton bike. So that, that always sounds fun. I, I see people advocating for that a lot. Yeah. I just hit my 70th ride today. I love it. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> really? Do you have like a private account? I don't even know how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone can download the account and then um, anybody in the apartment just logs in and it's oh, cool. so amazing. <laughs> On your Instagram, you've started something uh, mental health Monday, where you sit down and you, you talk to people about uh, just uh, anything that's going on in, in the world of mental health. So what are some of the topics that you uh, like to cover? Um, so I, I believe I started with my story, I like to just kind of like, get to the nitty gritty, tell everyone, you know, why I care about mental health and where I am in my journey. Um, I also recently talked about medication because I think that medication is such a scary topic, but it's just so, so important to be educated on medica um, medication um, and therapy. I love talking about therapy. I could talk about it forever. Um, so I definitely talked about that. Um, I did make a video, but I just haven't posted about my own a depression day that I recently had, just like a look into depression and how horrible it is. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to preempt your, your own posting here, but do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. So about, um, January is usually a typical, typically a hard month for me anyway. I mean, I live in Pennsylvania, so the weather is very cold and just, I love summer and it's dark by 5 PM and I need light. <laughs> so um, you're solar powered. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's how I feel. So I had a really bad day where I just, um, I went, I tried to go to the gym at lunch and I did, but I, it didn't make me feel better. Um, I could feel myself starting to shut down. And so I called my mom and I just started crying because it's so it's depression is such a frustrating thing. You feel like you're doing so well and everything's going so perfect in your life and you're doing everything you're supposed to do. You're going to the gym, you're working, you're talking to your friends, you're doing the things that you love and then it still happens. And so I, I cried to my mom on the phone and, and even talking to her couldn't, you know, cure this day. And so I shut my blinds at 3 p.m. And as soon as I logged off my computer for work at five, I went to bed and I slept from five to 7.30. And I was still so tired the next morning. Um, and so I just kind of wanted to, you know, dive deep into that. That's what it looks like. I think social media is is amazing in mental health advocacy, but I think mental or uh, social media is also makes it quirky or like cute to be depressed. Oh, like look at my depression yep. meal, yeah, look I at would... my pile of clothes in the corner. Like I'm so yeah. cute and quirky, but it's, it's, it's just not cute at all. It's days where you don't shower, brush your teeth. You can't physically move from your bed. I think mm -hmm. in that 5 PM to 7 30 AM sleep, I got up once to go to the bathroom and I would not move. I didn't drink water. I didn't eat dinner. And I just kind of want, like, I love talking about, it. I think depression is, is so important to talk about, but I also don't want anybody to think that this is like cute and fun and quirky and, oh my gosh, look at the pile of clothes in my room that I haven't put away because I, you know, can't get out of bed. So I just kind of wanted to share the, the, the truth. Just, I'm, I'm a happy person. I'm a positive person, but those days are brutal and, and really hard to get through, but you can make it through and that's yeah. the sometimes you just got to go to bed though. Yeah. You sometimes just, you just, I just had reset. to shut off. Yeah. And, and I texted my friends the next morning and they're, they're so supportive and understanding. And, you know, I said, I, I couldn't talk yesterday. I had nothing to give to anybody. And you know, you, you, I got on the next day, I had Chinese food for dinner, which I love. 
the next day and, you know, I powered back up. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I definitely, I, it's an important thing that uh, people realize things like depression or anxiety or uh, anything else that's going on that, that really affects somebody's psyche, like OCD or ADHD or, or whatever it is. Um, people have what I've seen at least, and, and this may just be, I'm painting this with way too broad a brushstroke is that everybody almost, almost brags about it. Like, Oh no, I have this disorder. I have th that thing. So I need special treatment, but they're really not actively working to, to better it or to help themselves out. Yeah. And they really just want attention. Like, I don't know, have, have you seen that um, being on the, the platform that you have? I think so in, in a different kind of sense, people have said mean things to me about that saying that I'm looking for attention and that I talk about things because I want attention. Um, so that's why I'm so open and honest because I think that, you know, there, there are people who, who fake cancer. So obviously there's going to be people oh who fake, gosh. who fake depression and anxiety. People are just not, I, I mean, I guess if you're faking this stuff, you probably have your own mental things that you're working on, but um, I, I, it's so important that we don't focus on those people who are, you know, using it for attention mm -hmm. or, or faking it or making it quirky and cute. And we focus on the real issue at hand. Um, you know, I can't ever imagine somebody going through something like this and I, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy and, and faking it and, and using it for attention. We don't want attention. Like no, what I was you, going through. Hide it. Yeah. Yeah. You really exactly. Do. When I, you know, ended up in the hospital, I wanted to just disappear. It wasn't um, everybody come save me and, and take me to the hospital and, and make me better. And everyone pay attention to me and feel bad for me. It was, please let me disappear. And yeah. then all of you don't be sad. Just just forget about me because I just want to be gone. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely an issue. But I think that I think it's all going in the right direction. Definitely bringing it more to light, whether it's whether you are confusing depression with just having a bad day versus like mm -hmm. clinical, I really need, you know, assistance. And I and I, I recognize that I need assistance because I don't want to feel this way anymore. At least it has become more of a thing that people are talking about. Like when yes. you're going through high school and when I was going through high school, it was just kind of beginning to be more of a thing where uh, therapy has become um not so stigmatized, I guess is the mm -hmm. best way to put it. Like, yes. I've, I've never really shied away from saying, Oh, I'm in therapy for X, Y, or Z, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I've never really cared about that part of it, but I know it, at least the older generations or some people that I've talked to have um, been like, you know, just don't tell anybody, but I'm going to therapy to see this or I'm in uh, some of my married friends are like, Oh, you know, we're going to marriage counseling. I'm like, that is 100% great. I mm -hmm. think I would, it, you know, it, hopefully when I get a wife, uh, get a wife, you know, uh, <laughs> become married with, a, <laughs> um, uh, with a, with a nice, with a nice lady that, you know, we'll, I'll just say, Hey, you know, it's going pretty well. Why don't we just start going just for annual checkups, just to, to make yeah. sure we're on the right path, just to ensure that we're communicating and then we're getting everything out of the relationship that it could be. And I think it's the same for yourself. Yeah. Like you it's just so important. Checkups. Yeah. That's the thing. Like if you go for a physical every year, like you're supposed to, um, why not do it for your brain too? When I was in high school, I was going through a really tough senior year and my mom suggested, why don't we just go talk to someone just, you know, once a week, just go chit chat, let out all your feelings. And I told people I had to leave lacrosse early every Thursday because I had therapy at five mm -hmm. and I would tell them that I had the same doctor's appointment every single week. Nobody caught on, but <laughs> I was, I was so humiliated and so embarrassed. And even, you know, when I first started at my job a couple of years ago, I would write doctor's appointment on my big calendar. So nobody knew where I was actually going. And now to the point where I'll like send an email, like, Hey guys, have therapy, talk to you later. So it, it definitely is a process, um, being comfortable with your mental health, but, but I think by talking about it more and, and that's my goal to make it not, not even a topic. Like if, if somebody's like, Oh, what medicine are you on? You're, you're comfortable in saying, you know, I take antidepressants or, um, oh, what are you doing tonight? Well, I have to go to therapy. Can we chat later? Like just, it just should be common speech at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. So no, I definitely agree. <laughs> is there anything 
So because you are so uh, upfront and, and forthright about all this, is there anything that you're still kind of hesitant to talk about? Or is there anything that's taboo in your mind right now? Yeah, actually, there's one thing that I don't ever talk about, which I don't even know if I think only my mom and my brother know. I don't think even my best friends know. Um, so the day that I was taken to the hospital, um, they, I was originally at my college. So I was taken to the hospital that is near my college. And my mom and dad both wanted me to come home with them and not be um, admitted to that hospital since it was so far away. Um, and then uh, the next day, something happened to where I was admitted to the hospital. Um, and I don't really share that. I don't think it's, it, I don't think the reason that I don't share it is because I'm embarrassed by it. I'm, I'm certainly not embarrassed. I just think that it's, um, it's like an additional attempt that got me there. And I, I just don't really talk about it. <laughs> so that's pretty much it though. For the most part, I like to spread everything I got. So doing some research and going through your Instagram and all that, there's uh, you have the, the be here movement. So I've always wanted to do like a, a nonprofit or um, I'm working to get my uh, personal trainer certificate. Um, okay, and great. so I was thinking that through all of this, um, that's what I could work through. So I like to combine fitness and I like to combine the, that with mental health for me. Um, fitness is, is not therapy because I go to therapy, but it's a way for me to feel strong, to feel powerful. And so, um, and just confident overall. And the be here movement is just, it's just it's so silly the way that it came about. Um, I posted on my Instagram, I think, uh, my personal Instagram, I think a year or two ago, um, on my anniversary on April 10th. And, um, I said something along the lines of, um, like just be here to see it get better or something like that. And my one friend who's into, um, she's a freelance writer. She commented and she said, be here. That's so beautiful. And so it just kind of stuck with me that, you know, I just want you and everyone and myself to just be here. That your, your every day is not going to be easy and you're going to face those struggles and you're going to not want to be here. And I've not wanted to be here many days. Um, but I am here and I'm, and I'm going to be here for as long as I'm supposed to be here. And that's pretty much where it stems from. It's like quirky, but I just kind of like love it. Just, just be here. That's it. <laughs> so is it, um, did you, is it like going to be a nonprofit? Like, is it going to be a, um, organization that you put together events or is it speaking engagements? Like, what is it? So right now it's, it's very small. And I don't even really refer to it as the Be Here Movement. Um, oh, but, I, have, um, I pulled that from the website. Yeah, no, I um, it it is, it is, but I just I don't mention it because I just yeah, um, it's silly. But eventually, I would love for it to be huge. But right now, I just I do um, walking out of the darkness, and I it's through me. I'm the only one that runs it, so um, it's my own Be Here Movement walk. Um, and I started it in 2019 and then that one was in person and that was awesome. Um, last year we had to make it virtual and this year we have to make it virtual, but it's already going better than I expected. So that's one thing that I would, that I run through that, um, so eventually. Walk. Yeah. So it's like, so a, like a, a physical, Oh, okay. It's a 5k. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I thought, it I thought it was 5K like a metaphorical, Oh, it's my journey. It's my walk. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it's an actual walk. Okay. Um, but originally, um, the first year it was at my old high school on the track and everyone got there at 5am to get there before the sunrise. And it was so beautiful and it was so fun. And then last year we had plans to do the same thing. Um, but of course with the pandemic and everything, we chose to make it virtual this year. We, we chose to make it virtual. Um, but all in all, I think we've donated over $3,000 to the American foundation for suicide prevention. Wow. Um, this year I have pretty big goals, but we're going to see what happens with it being virtual but that's the first thing that I kind of pushed forward um I would love to do speaking engagements one day just going around talking about you know my story and my mental health journey and um I would love to write a book too <laughs> well I'm you have a freelance goals. writer friend I know right? <laughs> gotta use her so what how do you do a this is just my ignorance how do you get together a virtual 5k so 
I'm not a runner. <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither. Trust me. Yesterday I ran for the first time and it was hard. Oof, um, I can't, I but can't do so, it. Yeah. Running is not that Elliptical fun. It's not. at best. Yes. I, I am so with you, but this year I promised myself that I would run a 5k. So I'm going to do it. But essentially I just made a flyer and I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. All my friends are amazing. So they signed up immediately. I have a t-shirt company that makes the t-shirts that I'll send out, um, you know, when the walk occurs and then it's in March or May, not March. Um, it's in May. And then, um, everybody signs up through Venmo. And then I, at the end of the event, I send it over to the American foundation for suicide prevention. And everyone does, I, since it's virtual, I took a whole week in May so that you can hit the three miles, the 5k, um, throughout the entire week. But I think my family and I, and some of my friends are going to do the 5k all together on a Saturday once it's safe. So nice. How about how many people do you have participating in this? Um, so right now I think we're at like 20 and I just posted about it this week. So my goal, my small goal is 50 people and my big goal is a hundred people. So we will see what happens. <laughs> I believe, I believe. Thank it. you. That's a, Thank that's, you. A, that's, um, it's not, even if it's a lofty goal, it's, it's an important, it's an important goal. And you've done it $3,000 for society. Damn, that's awesome. <laughs> Go you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because it's something that, so I used to get like really embarrassed and, and wouldn't post about things because I didn't want to fail. I guess I'm very scared of failure. Mm-hmm. And so starting this walk was really, really hard for me, but um, you know, I think it's really important. So I really enjoy it. It keeps me very busy. So I really enjoy doing it. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where at least for, for my experience, I can only relate to what I can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so of course. It's like, hey, whatever you're passionate about, you'll find the time and the energy to do it. Yes. Yes. And I'm very, very passionate about this. And, and I love the American foundation for suicide prevention is so important. So it's such an amazing cause to, to donate and to be a part of. So I've, is there any sort of like partnership, like a back and forth or uh, like, are they sending stuff out for sponsorships or anything like that? So I've communicated with them in the past. Um, I'm very, very grateful for a family that I went to high school with. They lost their daughter um, a couple years or about the same time when I was in the hospital and um, they have a close relationship with the foundation. So they have a, the, the day that we give the t-shirts out, um, they'll be giving out uh, pamphlets and stuff. So um, the information is right there at your fingertips for any help that anybody needs. And they're amazing and they, and they are going to help me with that. So that's awesome. That's awesome. That's so cool. I've never had to organize like a big thing like that. It's always been for a company that I work for that I organize. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. It's, it's kind of like a little confidence booster because everyone's so supportive and nice and Mm -hmm. and they tell me how like a lot of people have shared their stories with me um on the my very first walk people came up to me and people I didn't even know would introduce themselves to me and tell me why they care so much about suicide prevention and awareness so it's just it's almost like a connecting thing too like everybody gets together and we're all doing this for one reason and it's kind of beautiful yeah that's amazing I for this this cast specifically for the, the before fixture podcast like i've had people reach out to me that i haven't talked to in 15 years some some probably, yeah. some person uh some people that i haven't talked to since high school or college like not even like facebook message or anything and they're reaching out to me saying hey you know just so you know i'm listening and it's it's awesome and i, I really appreciate it and the x y and c of what either you said or jamie said or alex said or whatever whoever uh, that i've posted so far with the interviews has uh, impacted me in x y or z ways and I'm sure I'm going to get exactly the same reaction with you, where it's just, you, you don't know, you don't know who you're reaching and you don't know how it's going to affect other people. Like, even yeah. though you said you had the fear, fear of failure, so you never talked about it. It was the same mm-hmm. exact thing with me until I never told anybody what uh, I was going through with my weight struggles and my mental health issues and my, my emotional state until I started this cast. And then I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to talk to anybody individually. I'm just going to talk to everybody all at once. <laughs> And if they want to pay attention, they can. Yes, yes, exactly. I think, I think that's the thing, because once people feel like they can relate to you, they're, they're more comfortable in sharing their story. And just by someone being able to, to put it out into the world, even if it's just to one other person, 
it just means so much and it's it's almost therapeutic in a sense because you're you're getting it out there like sometimes you just need to say something and just get the words out of your mouth for it to be true and and that's exactly the same thing it's amazing yeah i definitely had the uh i guess it's the imposter syndrome of mm-hmm. what do i have to offer that's new or what what is my individual take that's going to be so unique when other people i can think of off the top of my head who are doing this better like why yes. why am i entering my why am i throwing my hat into the ring yes exactly and you have so much to offer clearly <laughs> and i think i think that's so important i think everybody has their own kind of thing their own kind of take like with mental health everyone has a different type of depression mm-hmm. you can all have the severe depressive disorder but my depression is going to be different from anybody else's depression um, we can have similarities, but it'll always be different. So there's always new takes on that. So what, from the different uh, types of depression um, that people have, I know different things that affect people in different ways. Is there any kind of universal commonality between all of them? I've found that a lot of um, people seem to struggle with the, like, it's almost like a movement aspect. You can't get out of bed to brush your teeth. So you can't get out of bed to, to shower. You can't get out of bed to do these certain things. And when I would not be able to, to brush my teeth, I was so embarrassed and like so disgusted by myself because that, that, that's hygiene. Like that's, I'm 27. I'm supposed to be able to get up and brush my teeth. Um, but showering you just is cannot. Important. I'm yeah, sorry, it's been a week, but showering is important. Yeah. So these things that um, people almost just take for granted, of course, I'm going to wake up and shower. Of course, I'm going to brush my teeth. A lot, I've seen so many people who are like, I brushed my teeth today. <laughs> and it's like, everyone's like, that's amazing. You should be so proud of yourself. So that's something that I think a lot of people struggle with is just the, the person. It's not even, per- it's just, you just can't move. You, you can't. So mm-hmm. um, your body almost feels like it's like weighed down by a bunch of bricks. And I think a lot of, a lot of people yeah. have similar issues like that. So I definitely have the the not getting bad out of bed. I understand that. What mm-hmm. for me, I know it's getting kind of bad when I I've done eating or whatever it is, and there's a plate sitting there on the table, and my sink is ten feet away. I'm just like, not today. Yeah, I'm gonna sit there until I feel better. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's another thing. It just it's um, my mom sent me this thing recently. She's the best. She never really understood you know mental health issues. She always wanted to chalk up my my you know it's not laziness but it's whatever too laziness essentially so there's a reason why you're being so lazy um and then now fast forward five years and she is so unbelievably supportive so understanding and she sent me this little um chart almost where you get like 12 spoons for the day and each activity is a certain amount of spoons so going to the gym is four spoons but um you know, brushing your teeth is one spoon. If you only have 12 throughout the day, subtract one spoon. If you forgot to take your medicine, subtract two spoons. If you um, didn't go to sleep, you know, the full eight hours. And this is how many spoons you have. And that's how people can explain, you know, my depression to somebody who doesn't have depression. And I said to my roommate one day, I said, I just don't have any spoons left. Like my (laughs) spoons are gone. (laughs) And um, I just thought that (laughs) was such a good yeah, it's just, it's such a good analogy. Cause it's like, okay, so I went to the gym. So subtract four spoons. I forgot my medicine last night. Now I have like literally no spoons to give to you. So it just, yeah, I mean, it is, but it is tough, but it's, it's something that I think is so important to talk about and so important to spread awareness to. And, and if you see somebody who isn't brushing their teeth or isn't making their bed, making my bed, that's, that's an exciting one when I'm not doing well. <laughs> I, I don't then, do that at the best of times. Right. <laughs> I, it's hard I, even on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's, and those little things are almost like now they're tools. Now you can say, okay, I noticed that you're not doing this. Are you okay? Um, yeah. So if you do see somebody who's not necessarily doing okay, and I, I've seen a lot of people not doing that great in the past year, uh, how would you specifically uh, approach them? So that's a very, very good question. Um, I feel like the best you can do, especially in a pandemic, I mean, it's, it's not, it's very hard to just go to somebody's house and say, Hey, can I come over for popcorn and watch a movie or something? Um, social media is amazing in the way that you can connect with somebody in two seconds. 
Um, so the way that I typically do it is just, how are you? How's everything going? I'm here to talk to you. A lot of people know that I'm pretty open, so I'm very thankful that they can, they feel like they can reach out to me. A couple of people have in the past and, you know, it, we, I check in on them and they check on on me and, and it's just, it. I think how are you is, is three words, but it's, and it's such a simple sentence, but it's just letting someone know, first of all, I care how you're doing. Mm-hmm. And second of all, tell me how you're doing. And I'm here to listen if you're not doing well. Um, you don't have to be honest with me. You don't have to tell me anything more than I'm not doing well. You don't have to go into the details, but just know that there's someone in your corner. I mean, you. I think it's important that you don't make somebody, you know, unleash their whole brain on you if they're not ready. But um, just simply asking how somebody is can open a world of conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's important to if you are asking somebody how, how you are, it's you, you caveat it in a way that is uh, saying, Hey, actually, how are you doing? As opposed to, yeah. Hey, you know, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I find that important for, or I find it uh, significant when I'm talking to people and I feel like they're not doing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a pretty uh, empathetic person in the, in the sense that, I don't know if I can sense what somebody's doing okay or, you know, sense what somebody's feeling bad, but I can definitely tell when they are acting differently than they usually yes. do. So yeah. I will say, Hey man, I noticed you did this and not in an accusatory way. I'm just like, Hey, you seemed a little down on the, uh, the, the team's call we were just on what, what's going on. Yeah. And I think it's, I, for me, at least I, I found it more, I found it successful to say, as opposed to, Hey man, what's going on? Um, as opposed to, or saying, Hey, you know, I noticed this and this what's going on as opposed to, Hey, how are you? How are you just yeah. a more common thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's, I think that's such a good way to communicate with somebody because you're letting them know that like you see that they're a little bit, you know, not doing what they, they normally do or, and like you said, it's not accusing anybody. It's not calling anybody out for anything. It's just saying, I, I love you. And I've noticed that you've been like this. Is this something you need to talk about? Is this a, is this a way for us to communicate? And do you need an ear? Do you just need somebody just to be there for you? Mm-hmm. And do you think the platform that you're on and just the fact that you have been open with the world at large uh, gives you a bit of an advantage when you talk to people about that sort of thing? I think, I think in a way that people know that I'm going to, to listen to them and I'm going to take what they have to say seriously. I think with mental health, you, you can't prove it like a broken arm or, or, you know, diabetes or, or a heart attack. You can't prove unless you get a brain scan I'm not getting a brain scan. So <laughs> you can't necessarily prove it. And so opening up is very scary. And I think people see that I'm talking about it and I'm opening about it and Um, you know, that really bad day that I mentioned earlier, I, I posted about it and I said, you know, my blinds have been closed since 5 PM and people reached out to me and said, like, thank you for sharing where like I'm struggling or, um, thank you just for being open about it. And it's, it's not something that I'm sharing to get those thank yous. It's something I'm sharing to say, Hey, like you see my Instagram and you see that I'm doing okay most days, but here, here are the bad days too. And you can tell me if you're having a bad day and we can talk about it it should be normal to say I'm, I'm not doing well and I need assistance or I need someone to talk to, or I just need to be left alone and let me go to bed. I think, <laughs> you know, it just, I, I want to be that open so that people can feel like they can come talk to me. Even if I don't know you, I, I want to make sure you're doing okay. So I think that, I mean, hopefully, hopefully that's the vibe that people get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, changing topics a little bit, this mm-hmm. is something yeah. I've wanted to ask, uh, you, uh, in one of your posts, I can't remember which one you described, uh, your sister, I believe you said her name was Jessica, yes. right? Jessica, you said she is sassy. And <laughs> I, I've seen the, the, some of the TikToks of, uh, y'all just having a ball. Um, what yeah. is she, what does she do? That's particularly sassy. Oh my gosh. Where to even begin? She is <laughs> the biggest diva in the entire world. So she is 411. She's very tiny. Um, our family is relatively, you know, five, seven, five, eight, fairly tall. My brother's over six foot. 
and she's a tiny little thing, but she takes up the entire room when she walks into it and she loves it. Down syndrome is just a piece of her, right? She's not, she isn't down syndrome. She just has down syndrome, Mm -hmm. but she uses that to her advantage. Like there is no tomorrow because she knows how cute she is. And she like on her birthday, she could be, you know, turning 28, just a random number. And she's got the sash. She's got the crown. She is ready for every single person to pay attention to her. And she loves it. And she thrives off of it. And she dances. She goes to dance um, every week and her dance moves would just, she should be on stage probably every single day. She is a full firecracker. She's crazy. It's amazing. I don't have as much experience uh, with somebody uh, who has Down syndrome. I, I don't have, have a relative who has has that particular affliction, and I I don't work in a mental health uh, kind of facility. Um, but that's awesome that uh, you know you, you're sharing your experience and again normalizing uh, this sort of circumstance that is that is um, more more or less you know unique to you and not as common and prevalent throughout society. Yeah, it's it's fun because um, my entire life, I've just grown up, you know, with Jessica. She's older than me. She was immediately introduced to my life as soon as I entered the world. And it's been the same ever since. And and I almost feel bad for people who don't have the same experiences that I have. Um, I remember when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, and I was talking to one of my friends, and, and they were asking me questions about Jess. And I was like, sometimes I feel you know, sad that I don't get to, you know, share clothes or we don't talk about, you know, I can't go home and tell her about my boy issues or, um, you know, we're not, she's, she can't drive me anywhere. I have to be the older sister most of the time. And now 27 year old me says to, you know, that eighth grader, like you are so lucky. And, and those feelings are so valid. And, you know, I have a younger brother, so I only, I have a, a boy and then I have Jessica and she's a girl, but she's also, I'm the older sister, essentially. Um, But I am so lucky to have had her. She is everybody's biggest fan. And if somebody is mean to me, she cuts them off immediately. She (laughs) is done with you. She will never look at you again. She's the enforcer. Yeah, she she is. I could talk about her for hours. She's just the most. She's so funny. She's so smart. She has a full, you know, plan of her life and she's ready to be a rock star and a singer and her voice is, you know, not amazing, but she uses it. (laughs) So she's the best. I'm very lucky. Love it. Is there anybody, when you got started on uh, your journey and you decided to uh, make your social media accounts and start getting out there with your organization, uh, is there anybody that you look to in particular as uh, somebody that, that you aspired to be like or any organization that you kind of modeled it after? Yeah, sure. Um, I know there's a couple, uh, you know, fitness influencers that are pretty open about their journeys and then I've gotten to talk to a bunch of them and um, they they really inspired me to be more vocal and just to be better in um, this mental health advocacy world. Um, there people, I I actually listened to a podcast, uh, called my favorite murder and I'm obsessed with them. (laughs) And, um, I started listening to them. I guess it was, they came out maybe about a year after I was, you know, into my own journey and they're extremely vocal. Um, one of the girls actually posts her like medications and she calls it her favorite medicine, um, like the murder, but medicine. And, um, it's just, it's amazing to see people be so open and, and I just want to be that open and I want to be, um, you know, op- and it's definitely scary. Um, and, and they mentioned that too, how scary it is to talk about, you know, the deepest insides of you <laughs> coming out. And, um, but yeah, there, it's very inspiring to see people so open and so welcoming to other stories and all of that. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody? I mean, I guess if you just were allowed just like a couple words to to say to somebody who was really suffering or like in a bad way, like how would, how would you, uh, how would you phrase it? So when I was going through it and people would kept telling me, I remember I did tell a couple people that I didn't want to be here anymore. And, and those people um, aren't necessarily in my lives anymore because they kind of brushed it off and they said, you'll be okay. Everything will be fine. Tomorrow you'll be here. The next day you'll be here. And everything will be okay. 
You don't have to be sad. And that is just the opposite of helpful. Um, I, I would just tell somebody that you're here for a reason. And this day, you've been through worse every day before. You've had those bad days and you've made it past those bad days. And you can make it past this bad day too. And that's kind of what I want people to see, like with my story, I want them to see, like, I, I almost left this world. I was, you know, seconds away from leaving and, and that's what I wanted. And I wanted to disappear, but, um, fast forward five years, I don't even recognize that poor sad girl. I wish I could go give her a hug and tell her, you know, you're going to survive and you're going to be okay. It doesn't feel like it, but it, you will. And I want them to see that, you know, fast forward five years and then in, five more years, fast forward 10 years. And like, she's, she's okay. And she made it. And you have so many things to live for. Even if it's just, you're going to get Taco Bell tonight, like you have a purpose and and you can't figure out that purpose right now. And that's okay. Some days I don't know my purpose and I'm sitting here. I don't know my purpose right now, but there's a reason that you're here. And there's a reason that, you know, you're pushing through and, and the bad days do not last. The bad days will be a part of your past and the light will shine and and you can't see it now, but, but it will. And, and, you know, days are going to get better and it's, it's a bad day, but it's not a bad life. You're going to be, you know, you're going to thrive and you're going to get to see your purpose if you just keep going and you just be here. (laughs) So, I like that. It may be a bad day. It's not a bad life. Yeah. And I, and I think that's uh, kind of like a cliche. Like I think people say that and, but it's, it's I've so never true. That, that's an oh, Amanda okay. Noel, well, Noel uh, original for me. I will take that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you, everyone experiences bad days and, and I'll, I'll give anybody with depression credit, your bad days. And one woman said to me one time, she said, um, she was opening up to me about her son facing depression. And she was like, I know his bad days, my bad days will never be as bad as his bad days. And that kind of validation acknowledgement of, you know, everybody has bad days and, and, you know, it's the same for everybody and it stinks when you have those bad days, but the acknowledgement that yeah, depression days are just a little bit worse than everybody else's, but that doesn't mean that that tomorrow you're not going to wake up and feel good. You have to give yourself that chance to feel better and to get better and you can put in the work to make yourself better. I mean, I could not have gone through this pandemic if I hadn't learned so many coping mechanisms from my therapist prior to this. And and I'm almost thankful that I had to be forced into therapy again because I wouldn't have survived this last year without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even in, when I'm having like a, a, a run of good days, sometimes you just wake up and, you know, people always say you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. That, that's mm-hmm. the, the cliche. Um, what I grew up saying, I guess it was from somebody that I had talked to growing up. Maybe my mom made it up. I don't know. This may be a Steve's mom original, but she she called them blue days. Sometimes you just have oh. blue days. And so, you know, even now it's like, a, you know, home for Christmas for a week or something like that. And I'm just in a sour mood all day. She's like, oh, what's wrong? I'm just like, it's just a blue day. Like, it'll, I'm just going to go to bed and it'll be fine tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. You And I kind of love that. And I might steal that a blue day. Well, I might start saying you know, that. Yeah, and I'll make credit. sure everybody knows well, where I got it You need to credit Steve's mom. How about that? Yes, I will I will definitely <laughs> credit your mom. But I think that I I think acknowledging a bad day is almost like the first step to making sure you have a better day tomorrow. You go, okay, today is really hard and that's why that day I closed my blinds and I said, "Girl, you are allowed to go to bed at 5. You wake up when you're ready. You do not have to eat, you do not have to drink, you don't have to go to the bathroom. You just lay here and be sad and be miserable and cry it out." And then tomorrow we're going to wake up, we're going to go to the gym, we're going to take our meds, we're going to do better than yesterday. And you get this day to feel validated, you get this day to feel your feelings, but we're going to try tomorrow and we're Mm -hmm. going to push tomorrow. Yeah, you take the little steps. (laughs) Yeah, because you have to let yourself know that these, your feelings are valid and depression is like the freaking worst. And I'm going to let myself be mad for a second that I have it and that that's why my day is so sour but I'm not going to, you know, wallow in this. And you have two choices. You can either, you know, feel bad for yourself and feel sorry that you have this thing, or you can, you know, acknowledge it, realize that those days are going to come and let yourself live those days. But also let's do better tomorrow and let's wake up and let's do the things that make us happy and let's fill that cup and drink water. 
go to the bathroom, brush teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think putting a time limit on it is an interesting take on it. It's like, I'm going to give myself tonight. I'm mm-hmm. going to give myself tomorrow. But then on that third day, if I, I, I will wake up and I will do the bare minimum to get by. Mm-hmm. If, I'm not, yeah. if I'm not taking care of myself today, if I'm not showering today, if I'm not brushing my teeth, if I'm not showering, brushing my teeth tomorrow, and if I'm not showering and brushing my teeth on Sunday, on Monday morning, I'm going to get up and I'm going to shower and I'm going to feel at least 1% better. Then I'm yes. going to brush my teeth and I'm going to feel at least 1% better because of that too. Yes. And then that's 2% better. Yeah. <laughs> that's you're a already lot ahead. better than what you are. You're already ahead. That's the thing. I, and I mean, I'm not pushing that narrative on somebody who, you know, is just going through it for the first time or, or just diagnosed. Um, but uh, something that I've learned, my therapist and I talk a lot about, um, my little like circle or my square and, and my things that keep me afloat. Mm-hmm. And if I'm missing one of those chunks, then that's when I start to not do well, whether, so it's like medication, the gym, my friends. And if I'm not piecing those puzzles together, the chance that I fall apart is much higher. So I have to keep that puzzle intact. I have to do the work if I want to be here. It's Amanda's Venn diagram of happiness. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. It's like my own little personal thing. We worked on it and now I know when I need what I need to do. Is this an actual illustration that you have somewhere? No. Oh, well, that's I, a good I, idea. When, when you said you set it up. I thought you meant <laughs> you with did a little drawing motion. Verbally with my therapist. Okay. But that's actually a good idea. I should probably do that. Like yeah, you make it a t-shirt. Somewhere. It can yeah. go with your walk. Yeah, there we go. Merch done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I could help you with your Shopify account. Yes, thank you. I'll make sure to give you credit. All right. Well, you can give that one to Steve's mom as well. She made me. Okay, I'll I'll do that. <laughs> when you're coming up on um, um, pulling yourself out of any sort of depression, I don't know if it would be applicable. I don't know if it's applicable to your case, but do you think um, religion plays any part of that? Because for some people, it is a, a very big part of their lives. And they base a lot of what they do around it. And so I guess where I'm coming from with this, if somebody is going through um, AA, like Alcoholics Anonymous, Mm -hmm. it's a religious based organization. So it's all kind of based on admitting there's a higher power. I think uh, Narcotics Anonymous is probably the same way. Um, And there are 12 steps and all that. But the first one is admitting there's a higher power and you're, you're helpless or something like that. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to uh, be flippant about it. I just have never gone gone through the 12 steps, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, it, it, would it be the same or are there any similarities between uh, coming out of depression, at least in your mind? So for me, I, I have my own beliefs and everything, and, and I'm not like super religious. I don't really go to church. I just, I, I say that me and God are cool. And I talk to, you know, my people that have passed on and, um, so, so no, I, I don't think I necessarily look towards any of that. I, I talk a lot to the people that I, that I've lost. I've had a lot of loss in my life. So I tend to, to chit chat with them if I'm not doing super well. And I just assume kind of God's listening. Um, so no, I, for me personally, it doesn't really play too much of, of an, a part in my feeling better. I just, I kind of have to force it on myself. I, I'm not looking to anybody else to kind of make it better. I'm just doing it myself mm-hmm. with my therapist. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you need a support <laughs> system. That's, yeah. that's something you've talked about uh, a number of times today. Mm-hmm. And I think it's extraordinarily important. I think yeah. having a community around you and beside you, uh, it doesn't guarantee success, but it definitely mm-hmm. increases the odds in your favor. Yeah, I actually just had this conversation with my mom this week. Um, and she was saying how, you know, I've, I've had to cut off a lot of friendships in my life. And I've also grown a lot of friendships in this past couple of years. And the friendships that I had to cut off were, were extremely toxic and weren't, you know, serving me in any way. And now I have the most supportive group of people. And it, it's small and it's efficient. And it, it does like they're the best people ever. And I'm so thankful that I have such a support system because they're there to like, they'll, they'll call me out. They'll be like, Amanda, you're, you didn't go to the gym today. I noticed. And I noticed that you probably don't feel good because you didn't go to the gym today. And they're going to be the first people to tell me that. Cause they know that's one of my things that I need to do to keep, you know, on the up and up. And I think that that is just so important to have the right crowd. Cause once you start going with that, and there's someone in my life who tends to to navigate towards negative, toxic people. And 
it shows in their mental health. It, it shows greatly in their mental health. And um, I think my support system grows, shows greatly in my mental health as well, because they, they're just amazing and they, they, they are so supportive. Mm-hmm. What kind of friends do you have? Like, I mean, not what kind, like uh, where, where did you meet them? Like where did, uh, how did you develop your friend group? I guess would be the better question. So I'm very lucky that two of my closest girlfriends in the entire world, um, I've known them since I was five and six, I believe. Oh, wow. So yeah, so we're going on 20 plus years and um, they, they've they stuck around through it all. <laughs> they've seen me at my worst and they've seen me at my best. Um, and I'm very lucky to have met. It's funny because a lot of the people that I'm like closest with right now, I've met through those like toxic friendships and then we just got rid of them and then <laughs> held on to the good ones. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so college, um, you know, through people is where I kind of got my core group and gosh, they're amazing. Yeah. I was talking with my dad the other night, um, because, uh, on an interview I recently posted, it was with um, a buddy named Alex Rigney. Um, I can use his full name because the, the, the interview is online. You know, it was last <laughs> week as of this recording. Um, and I've known that kid since a kid. He's my age. Uh, um, I've known him since we were 16 years old, 15 mm-hmm. years old. And so that's a, you know, 20 year, a 20 year friendship. And my dad was commenting that, uh, you know, it, it's something that he hasn't experienced in his life as much. Um, but to maintain friendships uh, through decades, uh, especially it's easier now just because we have the the instant messaging and uh, Facebook mm-hmm. and social media. So it's easier to stay in contact, but to actually maintain and continue to talk with on a very personal level, like friends that you've known since you were five or six years old or since when you were 15 or like my, my primary group of friends from college we still every year, and I'm I'm 35 now, so we we've all graduated from college 10 plus years ago. Uh, we still go to the beach every single year. We still have beach week. We're you know we're like college kids again, going to Daytona, MTV <laughs> Spring Break. Um, yeah, we we go to the Outer Banks and keep it very oh, low key fun. because a lot of them have kids now. But you know we still kind of <laughs> <laughs> we'll still stay up till the wee hours. We're not looking at the sunrise every morning again, but. Um, but, but it's something that you maintain and the, they're solid friend, friend groups that you have to uh, really actively work to keep with you. But it's so important. And to have those people that you can rely on and have you, the group texts and the individual texts and like the, the little clicks that you have with, OK, these three people, they love to talk about this. So we'll have a text chain just talking about uh, yeah. what I think the Brooklyn Nine-Nine joke was. Uh, we have a, a Game of Thrones uh, uh, theory forum that only like three, <laughs> three non sequitur people are a part of, and yeah. they, they all have these outrageous theories. But you know, I have those with my friends. And I think it's really important and very encouraging to hear that you also have that. Yeah, I, I think it, like you said, it's just, it's so important to have those people. I mean, they have seen me, you know, with the bangs and the, and the terrible hair. And, <laughs> and when I was super skinny, and my, my head was bigger than my entire body to now where we're all grown up and we're, we're doing real things and having real jobs. And, and they're the people that I can just text and, and I'll often text my one friend and they'll just be like, Hey, can I call you? (laughs) We're like, Hey, shall we talk? And we have, and we can just be so open with each other. And it's, it's so nice to be like, you know, I'm not doing well today. Can we just talk? And then your mood is so shifted by the end because they just make you feel so much better. Yeah. That's just reconnecting it's, it's awesome yeah. you know yeah, i great. for a um i don't know if this is the same with you uh, at least for me it's tough to make new friends especially nowadays like yeah. i'm old i don't i'm older <laughs> you know i i'm not in mid 30s um so making a new friend is just kind of like i don't need any <laughs> like I, yeah. I my friend list is at it's capped like if i'm going to get a new friend i need to drop an old one because yeah. i just don't have the energy for it <laughs> but i recently by recently a couple of years ago i made a new friend and um he uh is a guy who i work with and i don't know we just kind of we were just chatting and uh, we just kind of became friendly and then became actual friends. And now we hang out outside of work. And I will tell you, like having a making a new friend w- later in life after college is a weird, weird thing because you acknowledge <laughs> it with the other person. Like, are we becoming friends? Like, is this a thing? 
<laughs> he's like, I think so. I'm like, all right, fine. Well, you want to get I'll dinner? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love meeting new people. I think it's like you said, it's extremely challenging, especially in 2020 and 2021. Um, but I like, I love when one of my friends who I consider like my core group of people introduce me to their friends because I'm like, okay, I can trust you. Okay. You're good enough for her. Then you're good enough for me. <laughs> so I have a lot of my, uh, one of my best friends um, went to law school and her friends are amazing. So we've all kind of connected and it's just, it's nice. And then you meet people who, who have the same things going on and then you can connect even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My new friend, he has a, uh, one of my allotted Hulu profiles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's weird. Like it's a new friend and he has one of my, my logins. Like, come on. Yeah, that's serious. <laughs> it is. That's it's real it's friendship. like next level stuff. And I don't yeah. know how I feel about it because the only people who have it are me, my parents and my friend <laughs> yeah and my new friend he's, it's like he's made the list so it's funny because my dad's name is tom and my new friend's name is tom so his profile on hulu is friend tom not dad tom that's amazing and uh, apparently that. his wife just gets the biggest kick out of it like every time oh. they log in which is every day like she just busts yeah. out laughing so that's so tom amazing. gives a shout out <laughs> shout out to tom friend shout tom. out to tom and dad tom. tom also dad tom dad tom <laughs> friend tom doesn't love attention dad tom loves attention he is going no, to be beside himself that i mentioned his name let's give him the attention go dad tom yeah go dad tom well you can see him on all my posts he's the <laughs> only one who leaves a comment oh so yeah supportive. you can find this guy in two seconds just because if you go to my instagram it's, we love a supportive dad <laughs> yeah he's very supportive it's funny because the uh, first time, this is uh, the second podcast that I've ever run. The first one was with my buddy, Wu. It was called South of Classy. And my dad really liked that one. And it was just me and Wu talking, uh, just kind of just BSing. Mm-hmm. And my dad had just signed up to Instagram just to follow me, I guess. <laughs> and like five other family members. <laughs> like it's the saddest little Instagram account. So <laughs> like he'll, he'll text me when he posts something. He's like, hey, I just, t- I just posted something. You got to like it. Because <laughs> you know he's a he's a he's a man like he's a you know sixty something man you know he didn't grow up with social media <laughs> he didn't no. know it's so funny um, but uh, he signed up for the Instagram and then um, there was an episode that we posted of South of Classy where I talked about him and I told some stories about Dad Tom and he I guess he didn't know that he made his screen name like Tom Mahone. <laughs> and so he posted on it saying that Tom guy sounds like a real funny fella. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, Dad, <laughs> you, it says your name. People know it's you. <laughs> He's like, Oh, well, I still like it. Well, the comment still stands. Yeah. So. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> That's great. Dad Tom sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a riot. I think um, we're probably at about time. It has been yeah. an absolute pre- pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. I hope I did a good job. <laughs> you did fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. No, Thank I, you so I really much. appreciate you coming on and taking the time. Um, I know it's b- busy weekends. You got your organization, you got your exercise, you got everything that's going on in your life. Uh, so just, you know, taking an hour to sit down and talk with me. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been so cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Uh, do you have any, so this is the time where I give people the opportunity to plug their stuff. What do you have? Um, so my Instagram where I communicate most of my mental health and fitness journey is Amanda Lee, L E I G H fit underscore. Um, and that's literally pretty much all I have. (laughs) Um, I post a lot of stuff about mental health. I post my workouts. Um, you can always tell me what you want to see and I will be happy to indulge and yeah that's pretty much what I what I do what about uh, signing up for the walk oh yeah okay so I post a lot about that too I'm gonna add that more to my other Instagram because I tend to not um but anyway um um so it's May 2nd to the 8th and it's $25 to register and if you're local to me I'll be able to get you a t-shirt otherwise unfortunately I don't think I would be able to um, and my, you just Venmo your t-shirt size to Amanda L. Noel, N-O-W-E-L-L. And then you're signed up. We're doing some fun raffles. 
um, the events on Facebook as well. So I can add anyone to that group and all the money goes to the American foundation for suicide prevention. Um, you have the full week to complete the 5k, or if you're like me and you want to, you know, get a group and safely do the, (laughs) do the 5k, then that's an option as well. Um, we're doing a cool raffle right now with one of my friends who makes, um, tie dye sweatsuits and we'll have another one for Philadelphia sports coming up, um, next month. And yeah, it's, it's really fun. And I'm, I try to stay up to date on all of that. So yeah. All right. Fantastic. You can uh, talk about this show using hashtag TBPPOD. Follow me at inst- on Instagram at st.mahone, M-A-H-O-N-E. Uh, follow Amanda at Amanda Lee Fit. That's L-E-I-G-H-F-I-T underscore. Yes. And we will link everything um, in the episode description for your Facebook and uh, your your organization and all the information okay. for your uh, your walk that's coming up. So again, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And y'all have a fantastic rest of the day. Yes. Have a great day. Thanks.